Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Are you serious? All right, so welcome to How to Kill an Hour. My name is Marcus Bronzy. I've got a great guest in here today. Uh, and this, and we've actually got our first episode of the year, this. It's our first episode of the year, isn't it, Bill? That it is. It is good to see you, Bill. Merry 2019. Merry Christmas to you Okay cool Christmas, Christmas yeah. oh, Jesus Christ Right before we crack on With today's show though I've got to remind you Please to subscribe And drop us a comment Let's do the iTunes app In this episode Because let's be honest 80% of you listen Via that app So it'd be really good If you slap that subscribe button And also told a mate About it as well uh, More comments More subscribers Means that we get To the forefront Of iTunes And we hit more ears And eyes Right, so today's show, we are joined by an extremely funny man, Mr. Rob Orton. Am I saying your name right? Rob Orton, by the That's way. That's right, yeah. Right, Rob Orton. Nice to have you on the show, mate. Nice to be here. Yeah, uh, how was your journey over here? It was all right, actually. I live in uh, Leighton. Yeah. Um, the last time I saw our producer, Billy, was 2018. He mm. was beardless, and I think in an attempt to kind of step up his beard game uh, to be on the same level as you, he's grown facial hair today. Yeah. Beardless? Yeah. I was... There was some beard. It was more stubble than beardless. I, I don't say. think you can call. Would you? I mean, as a man that owns a beard, Rob, would mm. you say that stubble would count as a beard out here? Or um, I think so. I don't really know. I've just. How have you done it? Have you left it? Just left it. Yeah. So yeah, I just really struggle with. I used to shave all the time, but then I did a. I'll segue into talk about short. I'll segue into talking about my shows shall i yeah man um my i did a show about hair called the hair show <laughs> and i uh, just let it glow let it let it grow and uh just left it and i was like ah oh, right okay and, uh, and so i just leave it now but it is I, I need to get on top of it again really i mean i did see uh, on the youtube when i was doing some extra research about you i have seen a hairless rob orton Ooh. out here well not fully hairless just fully shaved yeah um and now you've got this spectacular growth of a beard. Like, and I'm a man that struggles to really grow a proper beard. Like, right. I've got a little bit going on right now. And as a man, and like, I'd love to hear more about the tall hair, obviously. So yeah. I know you know a lot about hair. Let's talk about the beard growing experience for you. Okay. Um, well, when I had the idea to do a show about hair, um, I thought, how can I fully commit to the hair experience so I just I just thought right I'm not going to shave or get my hair cut until um, I've finished the show so I started grow it in, growing it in September 
2016 and then finished in the spring of 2018. Um, so it was, it was kind of interesting, really. I didn't realize how much it would affect my mental health and things like that because, you know, appearance shouldn't count for much, but it does. And, you know, people would just, I remember I was in a lift. This was when I had quite a lot of beard and long hair and, um, the lift doors open. And I was in there, and the lift doors, they opened, and then there was like a mother, and a, and a, oh no, it was on the tube actually, I was on the tube, and um, the lift door, the, the, the tube doors opened, and I was stood there, and she was like, oh no, not this one, let's move down the carriage a bit to a little kid, and I was like, oh man, I'm alright, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know, but brother, as, as a big black man in London, brother, I'm, I'm used to people crossing the road when I'm walking up to them at night. Really? Yeah, man, brother, prejudice out there, man. It's, oh, it's, you know, yeah, there totally is, yeah. Yeah, I'm not, you know, can't can't be blasé about it, but you know, um, these these things happen. But you you know, it's a clear difference between the rob with no hair, no facial hair, and and the rob with big beard and big hair. Yeah, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because I, you know, when I'm walking home, I'm kind of like, I uh, hope I don't get accosted. But now I'm kind of the looked upon as the accoster. Do you know what I mean? Whatever accoster so means. Man's that, gone that from accosted like a... to accoster. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the hair show, let's yeah. let's talk about that then. So like, as a comedian, you really have a very specific topic, set of topics that you really like to go into, mm. right? And, and I feel like they're very unique to you. So let's talk about how you addressed hair in the show. Okay. Well, hair was the... Sixth one. Yeah. I started off. I did a show in 2012 all about the colour yellow. Yeah. Called the Yellow Show. And the reason I wanted to pick a specific subject every time was because I went up to the Edinburgh Fringe in 2009, mm. and I was. Um, part of this thing called the Big Comedy Breakfast, and there was four of us doing 15 minutes each. Yeah. And um, the guy who asked me to do it was like, "Oh, just do your poems or whatever they are." And um, so I did that. And but what I saw was that all these people were doing hour-long shows, and you know they had titles, but sometimes they'd have a title and then they'd go in and it, they'd just be talking about absolutely anything. So I thought, well, like a couple of years later, I got the opportunity to do a hour-long show and I thought oh, well I could just go and do like a hodgepodge of all my favourite bits that I've got or I could try and challenge myself to see if I could write a show on a specific theme so I thought what would I what I just bought a yellow coat and I every time I put it on it made me feel just a bit more upbeat really and a bit more like yeah come on you know you've got a good bright coat it's suitable for all weathers and, and it made made me feel better about myself so I thought well if if that yellow coat can do that maybe if I wrote a whole show about the colour yellow what what could that do for my mood so I put the word yellow in the middle of the spider diagram and then just expanded it really and I was like okay right so we've got yellow car sponges we've got you know yo you, I'm not saying you know this is it yellow and I was like yellow 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 and then um, I thought how can I make it a, more of an immersive experience for the audience so I made like yellow vision glasses out of cardboard and got yellow acetate 
so it's like you know like when you watch a 3d thing but it was just all yellow so all the audience were watching it through yellow tinted glasses yeah and then that went okay the people who liked it liked it and the people who didn't didn't like it and the thing is is when you start up in edinburgh it's really difficult to get an audience if if you've got no exposure whatsoever. So I uh, just flyered like anything for about three or four hours a day on, on the Royal Mile in Edinburgh, and I got myself a um, yellow paddling pool, blew, blew that up every day, got as much yellow stuff around me as I could, and then got one of those, um, what are they called, like the noodle things, you know, for the swimming oh, pool. Oh, yeah, like the, uh, the foam. Yeah, the foam noodle yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, so I got a yellow one of those cut a slice in the end with a Stanley knife and then put my flyer in and like fished it out like that and sat down in my and uh, so then and then people who liked the flyering technique came to the show and it was a free show anyway um, and then you asked for donations at the end and then um, yeah from from there I did a sh- the year after that I did a show all about the sky then one about faces then one about water then one about sleeping then one about hair this tour I'm doing at the moment is about talking then I'm just about to do a show all about time <laughs> And the reason I think I wanted to make something that it's called the yellow show or the sky show or the face show or the water show or whatever. And the reason I wanted to do that is because I I used to work in advertising, right? And I was a creative. And um, the main takeaway that I took from advertising was that it's like, keep it simple, stupid. You know what I mean? It's like, it, it needs to be a simple idea. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll do a show, but call it the yellow show, and it can be about yellow. If someone reads that in the brochure, like I put, this show, it said, Rob Orton, the yellow show. This show is about the colour yellow for people who know of the colour yellow. Like, if they like that, then they're going to be, oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I used to work in advertising, and the one thing that I'm kind of most proud about when I worked there, we uh, entered a competition for... Um, CBS Outdoor, who do all the outdoor panelings, you know, on the escalators and things like that. And um, we had, me and my copywriting partner at the time had an idea of, um, we did a lot of work with Shelter, you know, the homeless charity. And um, the statistic was um, one in seven children are stuck in bad housing and like one in seven children struggling with damp and the causes of asthma and everything like that. So, it was a the competition was to um use the digital escalator panels for the first time this was in 2007 and i had an idea about like the kids um like banging on the panels like that you know or like stuck and um we entered it into the competition and it won and it was like it was like oh right okay so if it's simple and it's like quite in your face it, it, you know, you don't need to complicate things, and so that's why I, I've like that was my main takeaway from that. And then I just like having ideas. Do you know what mm, I mean? Mm. And I like exploring things for myself and just trying to. I don't want to talk about temporary things like Donald Trump is temporary, right? Talking and time and the hair and water and things, it's going to be around for a long time. So I want to do things that I can look back on and and think oh yeah that's when you explored that not how some someone's or you know and i don't know how temporary brexit's gonna be but <laughs> do you know what i mean i don't want to i don't want to muddy my life with that there's yeah. enough people I, I mean that's a quite a 
what a uh, stupid thing for me to say, but I, you only get to live once. Mm. And if I focus on this stuff that is... They only tell you what they want you to know anyway. Yeah. In the newspapers and on the news. If it was unfiltered and I felt like I was getting the full story, I'd be like, oh, right, yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, it's all just like, it comes at you from this thing. And like, you see all the people getting so irate about it. Right. I mean, I'm getting irate about this, but it's like, no, come on. It's, we bet we're better than that. Come on. And it's just, I mean, what you were talking about before about, you saying like people crossing the road on a, on a night time and like, mm. I just want to speak to as many different, just get everyone's different stories yeah, and yeah. find out. And like, if you get, when people are exposed to people's different stories and their life just makes it, it's just fantastic. It's just, that's what life's about, right? I did a gig in Bristol the other night and I was the, with the, on the same bill was a trans person called Travis Alabanza, who was amazing. And I don't get exposed to that world. And I got such an education. And I was like, wow, this is... And I felt better for it as a person, do you know what I mean? And it's... Uh, so it's, it's infuriating when you see these people in, like, yellow high-vis jackets and they're trying to take on the yellow high-vis jacket and you're like... And then you see all the little kids in London when they're on the school trip and they've got the yellow high-vis jackets <laughs> on. And you're like, uh... And then, like, you see videos and the yellow high-vis jackets are saying to people, um, uh, you don't represent that. Yeah. That's ours. We, yeah. And it's like, whoa, and... I'm not saying, you know, if there's anyone listening to this podcast who is part of the Yellow Harvest community, then, uh, you know, I'm up for having a chat. But it's, um, I think it's, you know, I think all I'm saying is the more you get exposed to things, is the better. Yeah, and, and and you, it's interesting what you said about, about the topics that you pick because we've said a couple of times on this show that yeah you know political awareness is something that you can choose to have and some people record, like would like more to absorb more of what's going on but there's nothing wrong with having a space outside of that to free your mind outside of that and a lot of people especially now like you said Brexit the, you know the United States everything that's going on over there there's a lot of people that get really caught up in that and it can bring you down yeah. So conversations outside of that are yeah. really refreshing. And and for me, like when I consume any entertainment, whether that be like comedy, yeah. movie, TV and stuff, yeah. I tend to go for stuff that's so far away from that. Because yeah, yeah. I find it so refreshing. It's like it's like being in a stuffy old room all day yeah. and stepping out and getting some fresh air. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, man. I mean when I was doing my show about hair, yeah. <laughs> um there was a reviewer there and she said, um, Disappointingly politically correct oh. right? about my show. Right. Because there's no dirt in it. It's just about hair. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, And I didn't really go into religion and things like, well, I was talking about Jesus a bit, but, and I've, just, I've had a, got a video on Comedy Central. I did a, sh I did a show, um, Comedy Central for Rob Delaney's Stand Up Central, right? Two minute clip, me basically doing a little tiny bit of each of my shows saying, 
I really like the sky. Where does the sky start? Does the sky start where the ground stops? What's this bit? I like faces. I like faces so much I've got one. Uh, what is water? Water is the smell of a pint of orange cordial before you've added the cordial. And then, like, I like sleeping. I was everyone feel about sleeping. And I stopped looking at the comments of that because it went, it's got like 4.2 million views now or something. Yeah. And I stopped looking because there was a lot of comments on that saying, oh, you're not allowed to say anything nowadays. This is political awareness gone mad. Like, why, like, as if to say to me that I made a conscious choice not to be degrading to anyone else, not to like, and I was like, no, you can't say that to me just because I don't want to engage with your downbeat fit. It's like, just let me do what I want to do. Yeah. And that's what art is all about. And it's like, yeah, man. there's protest pieces and things like that. And I try to create awareness in my shows but it's more about like look, just look look at where we are and it's, it's, it's I just try to remain excited about the world and what's in it instead of like I think you know humanity's fantastic but it's a mixed bag mm. isn't it and it's like I know that there's a lot of people who have had some really 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 tough times growing up and things like that and that can like really affect people and I know that the people who were some someone sent me a message on Facebook saying what you do is awful you need to stop <laughs> just stop doing what you're doing please it's rubbish and I was like okay but I mean what has put that person in that situation to make them or maybe it's just the thrill of being online and feeling like you can go into someone it's like maybe playing football and giving them a bad tackle on purpose do you know what I mean trolling 101 mate that's what it is yeah but I think maybe yeah. it just goes in maybe people go in and they like do like 5 or 6 or well, like 50 or 60 a day yeah. squeeze them and going back to oh I mean I don't want to get any I come in peace right <laughs> just, a, just about we'll get there big, big time <laughs> but I um <laughs> Well, I've lost my train of thought now. I, w I was. You talk about the six fifty or sixty trolls a day. Uh, yeah, troll, troll comments a day, and, and just the people in the yellow vests who I saw the videos of them when they were going for um, Owen Jones. Yeah, and um, they were saying to each other, "Oh, so today we got Owen Jones, and then we got this politician." And I was like, "What? You're trying to tick off people who?" You're getting in the face. Is that, is that what you're doing? Mm -hmm. And fair enough if it is. I mean, I don't know if it's fair enough or not. I just think that it's, there's a lot of angst in the country at the moment. And it's like... <sighs> that's that's why we need comedy, man. That's why we need some things to make us chuckle. That's love. Personally, for me, that's why I need people like yourself yeah, to talk about but, things that take me out of it. Everyone, I think everyone... It's like, just let's sit down and have a chat about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, man. Definitely. And I don't know what's going to happen with the whole Brexit thing. I do know that I dipped my toe in the in the in the. I stopped looking at the. I stopped. I stopped looking. I, I can't look at it anymore. It's too much. And but if everyone was like me, then the government would just get away with whatever. Yeah, yeah get away with so. Things. Luckily, there is a section of society who are like, 
we're interested in this. We're mm. not going to let this happen. Mm. And so I don't know wh- why I should have the privilege to be like, okay, you sort that out. I'll, I'm just going to think about hair. Like that's not on, is it? You've got to, you've got to, you've got to look at things a, a little bit and try and. But going back to like thinking, I'm like, just give me the, give me the truth. I want the truth. Like John Lennon said, give me some truth. Yeah, but you know what? If I'm honest with you, the, the media, the the way the media is created means that you're never, you know, you're never going to get the truth. Do you know what I mean? As soon as something gets edited, as soon as something gets, you know, remixed or, or words get moved around on a page, it's not, it's not the true story. It's, it's just the way it is. I've mm. I had this, I've had this conversation the other day. They were like, I prefer live content over edited stuff because you know, da, 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 da. and I was saying to them, nothing's ever really live live you're never ever getting anything you know live and direct or you're never getting the full source or you get people that go oh i've done my research on the internet you just got a collated selection of of people's kind of angles at things yeah yeah Uh, you're never going to get the whole idea but you know you have to do what you can to kind of stay aware of things uh anyway anyway to the new show so you said you've done uh the color yellow by the way i've I've seen your song about that as well did did Uh, you did you perform that in the show as well yellow song because i thought yeah 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 yeah. uh great the greatest fruit is a grapefruit I think I'm going to take that. Um, grapefruit is a grapefruit. Is a grapefruit. Why yeah. is there a group? Why is there a fruit called a? Why is a grapefruit called a grapefruit? There's already a fruit called, called a grape. grape, and it doesn't look anything like a grape. No, it doesn't. I don't, I don't, it's a stretch to call it a song, by the way. <laughs> it's um, it's like a chant. About it, I, when I was doing the show, I said it was my like mantra to the colour yellow. But yeah, I, I re- I'm a big fan of SpongeBob SquarePants and. Uh, it was a good influence on the show, I think. Oh, good stuff. Good geezer. And and the new tour that's coming up, Time and Talking, shall we say? Talking. Mm. I'm doing a show about talking, yeah, called The Talk Show. And mm. is just um, a celebration of talking, really. I did it up at the Edinburgh Festival this year. And so what can we expect from it? Yeah, like what, 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 what can, can you do? expect from it? You can expect... Talking? Um, so me talking into a microphone, <laughs> talking to the audience at the start quite a lot. I'm doing it at Soho Theatre for five nights. Wicked. When's that? May. Cool. Um, and then I'm doing a nationwide tour of it. And um, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's a lot of some things about I just love like when I zone in on a topic, it. So now I'm thinking about time because my new shows are going to be all about time. It's like. There's like a specific bell that goes off in my head when I'm like, all right, time show. And then you hear people talking about the time and what it, it just comes up so much. And then, but the thing is, is it's such a big subject that I have to remind myself, like, I'm like coming here today, like, okay, right. If I get there at quarter to 12, then that'll give me a t- time enough to have a cup of tea. And I need to be like, right, come on. No, you need to think about that. But it's so ingrained in me. But the talk show, I just love overhearing people, things like that. Like I over, I was on the train from London to York, and I overheard an um, elderly lady. She was on the phone, and she was like, "Oh, Linda, it was so busy in Madame Tussauds, you couldn't move." And I was like, "Oh yeah, you know, I love that." Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I just <laughs> and then really, uh, really, you couldn't move. It was that full, really, right? Really, yeah. yeah but, okay. And then, and then, you know, I was in the supermarket. I overheard two guys talking about what meat they were going to have for a roast, right? And uh, one said to the other, uh, "No, she won't eat pork because it's got religion in it." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, stuff like that just gets me through the day, you know. Yeah, I love bits like that. I think um, 
I went to bingo once for my sins. Oh yeah, uh, with my with my grandma and. This isn't really conversation, but I remember so vividly. I was like 13, 14 years old. And I just remember six and nine, 69. And an old man on the other side of the table just going. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, you got to love little nuances of of conversation. Yeah, man. What was that like? What was bingo like? You know, I fucking enjoyed it, mate. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it. It's not like thrilling. It's not like you're not like. But when you got that almost got a line, you're like. Fuck you know, I might win something. I might win a couple of quid here, or you know, was it a mecca of sweets? Oh no, it was like local bingo. It was like oh, yeah, right. local village bingo. Yeah, I like was. to tap into that. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's not like that nutty bit. Like there is proper funky bingo out there where there's like lights and sound systems and stuff like that. Maybe I'll try that. What yeah. is it? Almost got like a darts vibe about it. Yeah, there's like there's like proper. Um, I'd call it like extreme bingo. There's like, you know, an MC who's like whipping off his clothes and stuff like oh. that. You got freaking klaxons, pies in faces, drinks. Imagine like somebody trying to, imagine if like Ibiza, no, 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 not Ibiza. Imagine like Malia right. made love to bingo. Okay. What is Malia like? <laughs> Ibiza, like a step up? Step down. Is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll put Ibiza right there. Malia, like teenagers going crazy, drinking loads of drinks, going going nuts, raving. Mm. Combine that with bingo, and then you've got like this new kind of ultra bingo that's out there. That might be the name of it, actually, Ultra Bingo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that sounds yeah. good. Um, so you're not a London lad. Whereabouts are you from? Uh, just outside York originally. A place called. Um, well, I was born in York, and then I grew up in a place called Pocklington. Um, got a good art centre um, and uh, yeah that's near the Yorkshire Wolds you might have seen, David Hockney did loads of pictures of the rolling hills and stuff like that that's all there mm-hmm. from there um, and then went to uni and did uh, first thing I realised I liked at school was um, art and um, so I love painting and drawing and then I did an art foundation course and I went to university in Newcastle and did a um it was like a well, it was graphic design degree and then it was like mm, realised I liked having ideas and then uh, wanted to try and get into a job where you have ideas and I was like oh advertising you know when you see a good advert on television it can really cheer me up and I think you know they're pretty rare I mean even when I started doing it in 2005 there was a lot more good adverts on television than there is now and um I was like, oh, I'd love to, love to try and get into that. And um, eventually got into it. And then um, advertising is pretty much the perfect job for a, someone who considers themselves to be a creative person. I think, but it is a business. And I really struggled with um, trying just like my ideas weren't, you know, I was doing ads for like House of Fraser Sale and like doing cartoons of like worms talking to each other and they were like look this isn't gonna work they just want a picture of a model in a dress so mm-hmm. i was like okay and, but what happened was i started um it was quite um constricting so i started keeping these notebooks so when i'd have like a bad you, you know like you you'd, you'd work on a thing for a couple of days then go for a crit and um you'd have to talk about your ideas and a lot of the time they were just like no. So I would keep these notebooks and take my frustration out on them. And the thing with that, when you've got a blank page and a pen, you can just go into it and just be like, and I started writing down my first ideas for things. Like I remember I had an idea. I was like, um, and I didn't know, really know what it was. 
but I just started writing down little short stories and like ideas for poems and stuff. So I'd add one if it would be like, if I had a pen for a penis, I'd write all over your face. You know, that's a good chat up line, that yeah, it's a good chat up line, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'd use your spots as punctuation, not one blemish would I waste. If it was okay with you, I'd fill your mouth with ink and use it as a quill. So, so when we go out to restaurants, I could indecently sign the bill, right? And there was that, so things like that. Or like, if I have a son, his name will be Dad after my dad, and his dad, and his dad, and then I just started filling up these notebooks and then one day the creative director said um i'm having a fireworks party and um there's going to be a bit of poetry and i was like oh well i've been writing this stuff down in my books do you think i could stand up and have a go he's like yeah 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 so i didn't know if it is i still don't know whether it's poetry or not i think some of it can be quite poetic sometimes um but uh and i I was like, yes, yeah, so I stood up on his fireworks party wall, read some things out, and uh, went all right. Some of them, some went okay, some were like, eh. And, uh, but um, then they said, oh, we run a poetry night called Bang Said the Gun. Do you want to come and join that? So I started doing it on a monthly basis. And then, so the first time, first proper gig I ever did, I was like, I was so nervous for definitely the full day leading up to it but also before and then I couldn't eat or drink that whole first day and then I did the gig and loved it and then second gig I ever did I was like oh yeah I'm gonna love this and I absolutely died on my ass and, yeah. like, and that was such a good lesson really because it happened to me when I was doing my um I had my first driving lesson as well like um so the driving instructor took me to an airfield and he was like, okay, Rob, come on then, get behind the wheel. And I was like, what, really now? And he said, yeah, yeah, so this is your accelerator, this is your clutch, this is your brake. And then I was driving around and he said, okay, let's get on the road. And I was like, whoa, you sure? And he was like, yeah, yeah, don't worry, we've got dual control. So, And I drove home and I was... I was like, whoa, I can't believe that I've just been chucked in the deep end like that. Oh, this is great. And then the next driving lesson, um, pulled out of the small driveway at my parents' house and just like, just put my foot on the accelerator, didn't look if anything was coming and a van came and um, he had to slam all the brakes on. And I was like, ah, right, you've got to never get ahead of yourself. Never, ever get overconfident with anything. Just keep yourself in check don't get carried away and just focus and um so that's what i try to do with gigs now every single gig it's like right you don't know how wrong this could go so you know it might go very well as well but just keep that in your mind that you could get absolutely shafted when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, a lot of comedians say that until you died, you know, they feel like they, they had so much. Well, no, not until you died, but they say they felt like they haven't learned as much as when they've died in front of them. We've had a couple of comedians on the, on, on the show and, and they've said that dying is probably one of the best things that's happened to them because they're like, you know what? It's not that bad. No, yeah, exactly, it's it's yeah, happened yeah. now. Like, yeah, yeah, now, yeah. now you can say what's the worst that can happen, right? Mm, yeah, totally. It's like anything in life though, isn't it? Like tough experiences, if you get through them, then yeah. you're like, right. But um, the, yeah, I mean, die, I, I, because what I do is... Um, I put it in the brochure in the comedy section, but it's not all funny, you know. Um, and I, you know, but I'm, my management is a comedy manager, so I get to do a lot of comedy gigs. And um, when they go well, they go really well. But well, um, what did I just say? When they go well, they go okay. But when uh, <laughs> when they go badly they go badly yeah. you know because sometimes people just don't know if if you need a couple of ringleaders in the room to be like oh this is meant to be funny everyone yeah this is meant to be funny whereas sometimes they're just like what from like water the opposite of pastry soup for people who don't like ingredients it's just like what were we meant to do with this <laughs> do you know what I mean I'm like Oh damn! I thought this was funny. Where, then, where have you had it? Yeah, do you know what I mean? But you've got to stitch your guns because yeah, if man. I start trying to, so thinking about this thing called thinking about this thing called time. Yeah, thinking about time, like yeah. I'm just like I've got to stick to what I think is funny. Yeah. Otherwise, if you try to guess what people are thinking, like you're screwed. There's no, yeah. there's no point. And as well. You only live once. You may as well try and be true to yourself. Exactly, exactly. So, so you think about time a lot. Like, what have you noticed about time now that you started thinking about it so much? It's a very interesting subject. Well, it is, isn't it? You can get lost in it, literally. You get lost in time, yeah. But I don't know. I've just been thinking about the olden times quite a lot, and like, if I could go back and invent something for the first time like oh, what yeah. what would i what would i invent and, and like talking about talk to them about computers and things and they'd be like so what's that i'm like well you know metal and they'd be like no what's what's metal you know i'm talking about cave cave yeah, time. Yeah. Like, what's metal i'd be like well what how about we dig a bit and we'll try and find some and they're like well i'm like have you got a spade and like no okay, well, I guess we're going to use our hands then. And just like, just the, how time has just gone like that. And then suddenly we're here and like with this. Yeah. And it's just, I'm just, 
I like thinking about things like that, and I don't know, man. I mean, I'm pretty in this in the early stages. I've got a preview in Margate in March when I've got to do it for an hour. Um, so I'm in the very early, but it's just I just think you know, and like time, I've got like 24 hours in a day, but only because we say it is. Yeah, and people say we need more hours in a day. Well, why don't we put more in? Why don't we just chuck a few extra hours? Just in? put some more in, and then like what are we scared? Yeah, do you know what I mean? Forty-eight hour day, but it take a long time to catch on. I've just been I've been on holiday to um, Madrid for three days, and um, went on a walking tour, and it was really, really um, interesting. And there's a I'm not going to be able to do it as well as someone I know, but there's a there's a a fact about Spanish time. Do you know why they're an hour ahead? No, I don't know why. Well. Like Portugal have got the same time zone as us, right? Right. Um, and Spain should really have the same time zone as us. But the reason is is because when Franco was in charge, and there'd just been the Spanish Civil War, um, they didn't. They, I mean, the historian. If you've got some historians listening to this podcast, they're probably like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> you need to stop talking now." <laughs> but I'll just try and give what I took away from yeah. the walking tour, right? And so Franco was in charge and he, they, they'd just been the Spanish Civil War so their country was like they got enough war so they didn't get involved in the Second World War they were neutral um, but to show their affiliation to Italy I think they changed the time to have the same time as them just said fuck it it's not 2 o'clock it's 3 o'clock just like that yeah so be like, we, we're not taking sides but yeah. we're going to be you know I mean, so it just shows, like, all these things that we think are, are so, like, oh, no, this is definitely how it is. Yeah. Like, last year as well, weren't they talking about that that was going to be the last time that they were going to change the clocks? Yeah, Daylight Savings is a, like, there's massive studies to go with arguments for and against it. So there are people that go out there and then they measure how many domestic uh, accidents there are, yeah, how yeah. many accidents there are with vehicles, uh, suicide rates, depression, everything. They've, they've people that are like so for daylight changing, uh, daylight savings, and people yeah. that are so against it. It's, it's something that, yeah, we, we might see the end of it eventually, but um, it will be a big deal, a real big deal when it happens. It will, but I, I couldn't believe it when they, when, they, when they were saying, oh yeah, we might just stop doing that. Yeah. Like, and that's a, that's the thing with it, is something that's as easy as Brexit. If they were like, yeah, you know, we had this vote, and um, well, we know the what the outcome was, but we're just going to do it again because, you know, like if there's a race and the winner wins, and then you find out that um, they've been taking illegal substances. Yep. Well, for me, that thing on the side of the bus, three hundred million to the NHS, is an illegal substance. Yep. And so I'm like, well, we all know that that's not real now. So if you, if the people, uh, I don't want to get into it too much, but I was like, oh, it's, I just wish I could articulate it a bit more. But anyway, it's a bit like when you watch a boxing match and it's uh, really close, uh, you got to see the rematch, don't you? I think, I think that's, that's the kind of, you want the rematch and then you want the true champion yeah. uh, to win. I will say, uh, actually, anyone who's listening to this thinking, oh, God, this guy who's like, thinks he knows about, I'm not saying I know about Brexit. I'm not saying I have any opinions. I'm just saying that if we all sat down and had a chat, I know we can't do that, but 
Wait, the conversation starts here, though. Do you know what I mean, Rob? Yeah. Start, start, start with one-on-one start, combo. It's got to start somewhere, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Most definitely, man. Uh, but you're a super creative person. Like you've mentioned, obviously, you know, your, your art degree, you know, the, the chanting, or I like to call it songs and stuff. Yeah. How important is it to you that you continue to, as well as comedy, mm. you still do your art and, and write books? You've got a few books out, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I've written... Um I got three books for sale. The first one's called In Heaven the Onions Make You Laugh. Um, the other one's called Petrol Honey. It's called Petrol Honey because I used to live opposite a Tesco's that had a um, petrol station on it. And every time I go in, I'd like buy some bread or whatever. And then she always asked people if she's got pet, if you got petrol, and she'd say uh, Petrol Honey. Like that, like petrol honey. <laughs> and uh, I thought, oh, that's a good name for a book. Like you need the petrol to make the honey. You need the, some energy to get yeah. something out of it. And then my third book was called Take Hair. Take Hair. Yes. H-A-I-R. And um, how we, what was the question? How important is it that I... Just t- keep yeah. being creative on, on all these Well, it is, Im- it is important um, for me because I do get... If I don't do it, I get, I start to get a bit angsty with myself because it's the um, path that I've decided to take. Of um, when I when I worked in advertising, um, stopped working in advertising, and then got a job in an art shop, Cass Art on Berwick Street. They've got things all around the country now, and um, I was a stockroom assistant, and um, I would do do um, gigs on a night and work in the shop during the day and um i i was just like right i'm i'm gonna commit to doing these gigs on the night time and i needed some time off to do a festival latitude and they they said no you can't have it so i was like well seems like it's come to breaking point now and just was like right i'm gonna just do this and that was 2012 i've been doing it full-time ever since but so when I feel myself getting lazy or not as engaged with my own decision as I should be, like it's almost like committing to a, maybe it's how people feel when they commit to a religion, like if you don't go and pray or like maybe you beat yourself up if you're not being as true to your faith as you should be. That's maybe how I feel about creativity. And um, I'm just like, come on, you've got to, you've got to be in this and you've got to try your best because you've decided to dedicate your life to it. Yeah. And that's really what I want to do. So if I find myself lying on my bed and I mean, I get really, really, really sad a lot of the time, not a lot of the time, but I think, uh, you know, if you think about things too much, it can get you into some serious holes and you've, you've got to be like, Okay, maybe I'll just go out for and I think I need to take myself for a walk. And um yeah, I don't know if I suffer from depression. I know a lot of people have it. Um but I uh I think if if I think maybe I'm just quite sensitive to what's going to you know, the fact that you're born and then you die, it's like everything's kind of off the table. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's like, all right, I'm, I'm, just, I'm well, I'm going to try my, definitely try my best then, and and then I don't know. Sometimes when people die, and I remember when Trigger from Only Fools and Horses died, it just took me. Some, you know, sometimes when people die, and it just it can get into you in a certain angle, 
And you're like, whoa, woof. And I'm like, whoa, oh, man. And then, um, yeah, like my, my last Christmas, my granny died and I was on her deathbed in the, um, uh, Christmas day. And um, seeing her there, it was like, come on, you've really got to just try and make the most of it. you fucking right. But j- uh, just... So, you know, when I leave here now, I'll go home and get my notepad out and just have a go. Do you know what I mean? And I mm-hmm. think it's the same with anything. It's like, and that's when I see so much turmoil around. I'm like, God, we've got to do better than this. We've got to try. And I know everyone's trying and a lot of people find it very difficult, but we've been given such a fantastic gift. And, you know, that's why I kick off on one about trees all the time in the sky and feeling the sun on your face and finding someone that you like and you're like, oh, wow, maybe if we can be together, this might be good. And, and you're like, it's, it's like all the clutter. It's like, let's get rid of that and just be like, I, I don't know, it's like a like an unrealistic vision and that's not really what the world's like and it's like oh come on Rob no that's not what the world's like mate you need to get a grip guns exist like well what why I'm going to die living in a world where there's been an AK-47 and a piano at the same time it's like I'm not not up for it I'm like melt all those down for a start and then maybe we can talk it's like mm. what is it I don't it's, and it, ma- it makes me and then when people say that we were we were made someone designed our hands and like we're not we haven't come from these like wild animals I'm like are you joking we're still wild as anything that's why people are smacking each other in the face and uh <laughs> yeah I don't know well, that <laughs> I, I, I just, I just, I just, I'm just trying to get to grips with it, come to terms with being alive. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm going to try my best before I die. And it's like, well, I don't think I can do it. So I'll just, maybe I'll just focus on this creativity thing. And uh, just like, but I want to, I want to, in the shows, I want to try and make people feel empowered to, when they leave the room, that they can be like, yeah, I'm just, I'm going to have a go. Yeah. And, if I've, I've, I've got to like value my stage time so much just to like use it for good and not slag people off and not um, have a go, like punch down or punch up. No, I don't want to punch at all. I just want to say my piece and like if you if you stand on stage and you don't deliver a positive message, then it's like no. Nah. Well, it's, it's funny, like, you said that, well, it's not funny, but it's interesting that you said that you want to, you know, have have a positive impact on the world, and by being creative and just being who you are, you've managed to do that, do you know what I mean? So, like, with your shows, like you said, like, you are you are touching a lot of people, you're spreading laughs, you're spreading joy, well, yeah, you get a couple of trolls here and there, whatever, but it's, in, it's interesting that by following your passion, y- y- you are doing that, do you know what I mean? You're actually achieving that. Well, I don't know. I hope so on a very, very um, minimal scale. But I think there's value in that. I think if you do a, if mm-hmm. you do a, um, do a show and someone comes up to you after and they say thanks for that, and like I remember someone when I was doing the free shows, and I'm still doing well. I'm doing pay what you want now, but nice. um, you can someone put a 
note in my bucket and it said your shows have really helped me thanks very much and things like that it's just if I ever lose track of that then that is game over for me because all I want to do is it's like this we're, we're people and when it's just it's got to be about trying to connect hasn't it yeah that's what that's what we're all about here mate yeah yeah that's what we're all about here that's our ethos isn't it Bill and just just because that's you know it's like when you haven't when you go to like the best thing I did at Christmas when you know all my um the pressure of Christmas and things like that and presents and stuff like that and people saying oh can you get me this I'm like well I wish I'd listened to you more and we'd spoken more over the year because then I could have put more thought into the present that I got you and it, it, what happens is it, it makes me realise that I'm maybe not putting enough effort into the relationships I've got with people because I don't know I haven't thought about something nice that I could get them from a conversation that we've had and um but the best thing was, was, you know, me and my mum and dad on Christmas Eve on the morning went for a walk in the Yorkshire Wolds and it was like, you know, we spoke and it was, um, that was what Christmas was for me. And like, mm. it was, it was free and, um, it, you know, it's like, it's a, the clutter of, I've said clutter before, but it's just like all this kind of mess that, and it's like it's 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 like polluting everything, and you know like when you're at a festival, say like, and you might have a chat with someone in like Glastonbury, maybe at the Greenfields or something like a stranger, and you're like, oh wow, I'm so pleased that we had a chat there, and when I um, do sometimes speak, I remember I was doing a project at university, and it was a photography project, and I was speaking to um, a guy who was selling the big issue. And I asked him if I could take some portraits of him. And um, we was speaking to him for ages. And then every time I walked down that street, we'd have a chat. And I don't know, it's like just trying to... I guess I just want to try to be as human as I possibly can. What does that mean? I don't even know, but that's the truth. I'm like, when it gets down to it and you're like... <sighs> Yeah, I think it's all just to try to do with coming to terms with it. And when I was in Madrid, I saw Guernica, you know, the painting by Picasso. And that just, I was like, wow, look what he's done with his creativity. He's absolutely smashed it. And I don't know. I mean, you've got to aim high, haven't you? So if I was like, I'd like to do something as good as that one day. Oh well, that's a that's a nice that's a nice target to do do a bit of Picasso level work. That's well, great. No, yeah, that'd just be the, awesome, mate. Ju- no, just the just the. <laughs> do I sound like an arrogant prick? No, but no. The, but you know, it'd be worse if you were like, yeah. Hopefully, one day I can get a bit of art. That's like, you no, know, I'm not you know talking I mean? about yeah. a painting. I'm yeah, talking yeah, about like the impact. Bit, yeah, a bit of impact. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got serious worth yeah, to it. Of course. Yeah. And it's like, why should you have any sort of target that's lower than that? Though, why not? Well, no, exactly. Yeah. yeah, if if you don't have a goal, it's very difficult to score. Exactly. Well, there you go. Yeah, can't can't score if you don't shoot. Yeah. Um, actually, another thing that you do is um, I, I do want to touch on this as well. Is is your spoken word? Um, mm. We had Pip on the show a few episodes back. Yeah. Um, it's all the same thing, though. That like the spoken word, of, it's spoken yeah. word of comedy. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, Scrooby's Pip, amazing. He's been such a brilliant flag flyer for me. Yeah. How did that happen? How did you guys get together? Excuse me. Um, he, um, I'd been a big fan of his, and then 
we I helped run a night called Bang Said the Gun, and we did it last night at Soho Theatre, and um, he came along and did that, um, and then we, um, what happened? I think on the back of him seeing my set there, he asked me to do his gig at Bestival that they used to do in the amphitheatre outside and just loved it. That was one of the biggest gigs I'd ever done. And, um, yeah, he was, and then he gave me some gigs there and then he said, um, do you want to do a spoken word CD that is available on speechdevelopmentrecords.com? And, um, yeah, he's just been, yeah, and then I, rem- yeah, just, I remember seeing him at, Latitude, I think, and I couldn't get in the tent, and I could just see like under the tent and see his feet, absolutely rammed tent. But I mean, um, yeah, he's a fantastic person to look to look up to with regards to focus and determination. Yeah, brilliant, awesome, awesome, and and uh, the the spoken word comedy that you've got, the album that you got on speech development. Mm. Do you want to talk us through the kind of stuff that we got on there that we can expect? Um, yeah, I mean, I'll do some if you want. I've got the book. Oh, that'd be wicked. Um, oh, now you let us know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, well, basically, the stuff on those albums are just my... Um, the favourite things that I've done up to that point in time. Um, so... One of the ones on it would be... Um, Well, there's longer ones and short ones, like uh, one about remember, the word remember, like remember could have been a good name for a month, the month of remember, but anyway. Hit and miss, isn't it? I like that, no, I like that, I like that, I like that. um, But I got one about heaven, right, you know, there's a rumour going around that there's a heaven, and I don't know if there is or not, but I wrote this, and I was like, uh, if there is a heaven, then what, what would the food be like? You'd have thought the food would be quite nice, right? Say if you died and then you found yourself in heaven tomorrow. Yeah. What what are you gonna have? It's probably gotta be a, a combination of all my favourite foods. Probably something mum does. Really? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's gotta be one of my mum's dishes. Do you know what I mean? Probably something really like simple. Like, you know, I think my mum just makes like a good pasta. She makes loads of stuff, but yeah, yeah, yeah. but I think going over to my mum's if she's got like a pasta bake on the go or something, I don't know what it is, something about that. Yeah, loads of carbs, bit of cheese on the top. Yeah, lovely. You know, a lot of people say, "Oh, steak and prawns, whatever." Cool, that's lovely food, but a bit of my mum's cooking. Yeah, yeah. But then, so you'd have that. But then, like, I don't know what it would be. Li- and then, what would you have the next? Because you wouldn't want that every day, would you? And then it's like, <laughs> where do you go? Yeah, yeah. So, what's the food like in heaven? If all well-behaved living things that die go to heaven, can there be meat up there? The people imagine eating nice bits of meat in heaven. You know. The bits with a tiny bit of burnt on the cliff face of fat, sitting at a solid square-legged without wobble table, eating a steak with a smooth, heavy shining fork and a deep, dark brown wooden handled steak knife. Has the cow that the steak came from died and gone to heaven only to be killed again? Do they kill dead cows up there so we can eat meat and really be in total heaven? What about the sandwiches? Are there crumbs in heaven? Can you get lurpak? Is it complimentary? Do you still have to peel oranges? Do apples have cores or are they all apple? Can you eat right through an apple from one side to the other? Can you eat an apple until it is gone? Where do apples go when they die? 
the baked beans come in tins or do they float into your open mouth in a kind of horizontal unfastened necklace line of warm non-drip perfectly cut baked beans where do I go to get my food when I arrive I will probably need to do a big shop (laughs) or will all my cupboards be full will I have cupboards and if I do who will have put them up for me does God put the cupboards up in heaven or is it people who are in heaven when they're putting cupboards up all the chickens will be running around laughing and kissing instead of lying dead and refrigerated in the supermarkets do people kill dead chickens in heaven maybe the chickens kill themselves for us and then roll around in flour and then egg and milk and then breadcrumbs and then repeat the process depending on how crispy they want to make themselves for us maybe the chickens get to go up to the next level of heaven the heaven of heaven the penthouse suites of heaven if you have a fly in your kitchen in heaven and you want to get rid of it what do you do you have both been accepted into the kingdom of heaven (laughs) so that's that and then i've got other ones as well such as um, that's from from petrol honey right yeah Yeah, that's from petrol honey um, but they've got drawings in as well, these books. Yeah. Like. Oh, well, I mean, we've got a camera as well, so it'd be great if you could. Oh, have you? Yeah, point. All right, well, like, um, I'm quite an up and down kind of person, so, like, one day I'm I'm sad like an EastEnders funeral on Christmas Day. <laughs> I'm happy like Salvador Dali with a pen shoved down the end of his penis. Um, I'm sad like an ice sculpture of Morrissey praying for the sun to come out. I'm happy like a mathematician eating his dinner off a number plate. <laughs> I'm sad like a dog called cat. Um, where there's a world, there's a dead person. <laughs> uh, people really listen to their pillows. Uh, and I, when it, I used to be a bit more upbeat than this. I used to think CCTV was a very, very positive Spanish television channel. <laughs> you got that there. But yeah, all that oh, kind man. of thing. That's wicked. Um, and then, yeah. That's awesome, man. Thank you very much for coming on How to Kill It Now, man. Pleasure. I really appreciate I it was that. All right. Yeah, it was decent, man. And 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 um, just for our audience listening, can we just talk about your upcoming dates as well, so we can just yeah. let them know where you're going to be, where we can find you doing your new material? Yeah, totally. Um, um, I'm going to be doing my show about time at the Albany in Deptford. Right. In uh, well, that's not till June actually. But my upcoming tour is about talking called the time called the talk show, and um, that was a nationwide tour. All my details are on roborton.co.uk on the where and when page there. Um, And yeah, I'm on Twitter and Instagram and everything like that, and at Robert Orton on Twitter and at Rob Orton on uh, Instagram. Thank That's you it. very much. You got, you know, you've really got me thinking about time, like all of the little things that we say. Like, I'll, I'll make time for that. We can't make time, can no, we? No downtime. Down, uh, yeah, downtime. Out of time. Never really out of time unless you. No. And then there's still time going. Anyway, right, we won't get stuck into that. Thank you very much for joining us on How to Kill an Hour, Rob Orton. Uh, I'll be Marcus Bronzy. Producer Billy has has managed to not give us any negative comments today. Thank you very much, for that Bill. Appreciate that. You're going to... Yeah, okay. You're just going to say nothing now? All right. Yeah, that's it. He's in a mood. Right. Uh, make sure you press subscribe and also hit us with a comment as well. Share the love via uh, all of the channels, social media, at How to Kill an Hour everywhere. Have a great time. Stay blessed. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.